he sent a random Snapchat to me saying, dead? Do you need help? Like, are you okay? Where are you? And I got the Snapchat back um, saying F knows. Sex the first thing I think of in the morning when I wake up and he's the last thing I think of at night. For him to disappear without a trace, how does that happen? Every year in Australia, over 38,000 missing persons reports are submitted to police. A long-term missing person is someone who's been missing for more than three months. In Australia, there's over 2,600 of them. Zach Barnes has now been missing for three years. From the Missing Persons Podcast Network, what happened to Zach? Every Sunday, he would walk through the front door and um, about lunchtime, and he would be starving or hungover or need a change of clothes and um, needed recovery time after having such a fun time with his friends, ready for work on, on the Monday. And that was one of the things that triggered um, looking for him because that Sunday he didn't come home. I wanted to take Karen back to that weekend in November 2016, the weekend that changed their lives forever. I think about things like the morning actually Zach went to work on that Friday. Like we never had an argument or anything, but that morning he slept in and it was, come on, mate, I'm late. I've, got to, I've started a new job, you know, and he's yeah, like, it's yeah. okay, mum, don't worry, I'll get myself to work. I go, no, no, I don't want you to walk. I just want you to get your gear yeah. together so I can drop you off. And um, he was so worried about making me late, he got emotional about, I don't want to make you late, Mum. And I dropped him off. I said, it's all okay, mate. You know, don't worry about it. We're fine. I said, you just got to help me out here. Mm. And that's our last conversation. You know, I didn't even get time to hug him. And... So I was usually most weekends back in Newcastle and that. Bloody Thursday, Friday's like, you come, you come, what time you get here, what time you get there. As soon as obviously you'd be by me wing till I left pretty well. And I got there Friday. I was like, oh, I hadn't heard from him. I think I went out club with him, mate, to that. And then got to the Saturday... I was going, oh, you know, something's going a bit funny. He hasn't, well, I haven't heard from him. And I was saying that he'd seen my Snapchat story. He'd looked at it, so I knew he was kicking around. I was going, oh, yeah. And then around the Sunday, we were going, oh, yeah, I don't know. Like, it's weird. Then I got a call from his bigger brother at 6 o'clock and Zach still wasn't home. And um, his bigger brother said, um, Mum, I've missed the train. I've got to go back to Sydney. Can you drive me? Back. So I agreed to take him back and that's when the conversation was about Zach. It was like, Code, have you seen Zach? You know, he's not home yet. I thought he'd be home by now. Um, do you know where he is? And I thought he was with you. But then at that point we both realised something's not quite right because he's not back or hasn't communicated with anybody. So on the drive down we were just, you know, what can we do? Who can we ring? Um, we started sending messages through Facebook Messenger and Cody put a post on Facebook saying, has anyone seen Zach? Um, we're not quite sure where he is. And pretty much within an hour, we found him. So 
we were told that he was at a, a house or in the East Maitland area, and then we weren't so worried at that point because we thought, oh, good, he's around. And then um, Cody asked a friend of his to go around to the house just to check to see if he was there. The person who went to check was a girl named Bree. The whole weekend from Friday to Saturday, he hadn't responded to anybody's messages on any social media, but at about probably 1am on the Sunday morning, he sent a random Snapchat to me saying, dead? And I replied and said, do you need help? Like, are you okay? Where are you? And um, I got a Snapchat back um, saying F no. And then once I replied to that message, no Snapchats were opened or nothing was read since that. And that's why I was in the first place worried. And when Cody messaged me to go have a look for him, that's why I was straight in the car. So this is um, the house, obviously it's changed a fair bit in three years, you said it yeah, was renovated? It's been renovated and it's been sold yep. and repurchased. So you can see there's a sort of like 1960s or 70s old fibro houses that, yeah. are, that are sort of boxy and on a small block, but um, but yeah, you can see that that's... Um, so I got to the door and um, I remember the house being all locked up and like the blinds were shut. When I knocked on the door, it was probably a few minutes before I seen Zach actually peep through the blinds, like kind of a scared look. He peeped through the blinds and then quickly shut the blinds. A few minutes later, a male answered the door and I just pretty much asked, um, is Zach here? Your mum's worried. He hasn't been seen by anyone in a few days and he was a bit hesitant to open the door. Um, he ended up Finally unlocking the door and I walked in seeing Zach and he was very distraught. He jumped up on the lounge with his knees on the lounge and kind of started saying that I can't be here and he doesn't want like anyone to see him like this. Um, yeah, just acting very un unusual and I wasn't really sure why. Just the way he was acting, he... Um, he said some very hurtful comments to me that would make me leave. For example, I'll bite your face if I get in the car with you. Um, just how how we, we were before that weekend. Like, we never fought. He was never mean to me. I was never mean to him. So just the way he treated me that night from doing nothing was a bit out of the ordinary. I wasn't really getting anywhere with him. I kind of told him that, his mum was really worried about him, at least just message Cody to let them know where he was. Um, he didn't want to do that, so um, he started to get a bit agitated. He ended up um, standing up and he walked to the front door and just basically put on his work boots. And um, I was not knowing what to do at that stage because I was offering him to come with me and I'll take him where he needs to go, but he just didn't want to. The two people at the house followed him to the car. He got in by himself. They were just still standing outside. They were very calm. They weren't really worried about anything. 
Um, and then he got in the car and they ended up following in the car. I was standing outside of the car. Zach was very angry, agitated, and I just asked him, like, are you going to be okay? Please just tell me you're going to be okay because I don't really understand why all this is going on. And he told me he would be fine. Zach didn't have his phone. Um, his phone had broken, so um, it wasn't working. It was here at home. So she asked one of the other persons, could she get their phone number to ring Zach later? I rang one of my friends that live close by Thornton and then I got in my car, went to her house, just explained everything pretty much and just, um, yeah, told her what happened and she was very comforting. I just waited there for about 20 minutes and I missed two calls from the lady while I was explaining it to my friend. So I quickly rang her back as soon as I seen the missed calls and then she told me that, um, Zach had jumped out of the car and they can't find him. So at that stage, I was pretty worried because I didn't know why he would have jumped out of the car. Like, I didn't know what he was doing or what he was actually scared of. So I offered for um, me to come back to their house and go look for him. So um, I left my friend's house and drove back. The couple that were at the house, they were waiting out the front. And um, yeah, I pretty much got out of the car while they were out the front about to get in there and said, what happened? They said he jumped out of the car, like was banging on the back of the car seat, trying to get out. I don't understand how we went from not knowing where he was all weekend to be able to locate him within an hour to then never be able to locate him again. We're on the main road, which is Houseman Drive, and the corner of Trip Close. This is where it has been said that Zach departed the car by the persons that were in the vehicle with him. On one side is a residential area, on the other side is a very short strip of land, which is probably 50 metres wide with some shrubbery, and then there's a, quite a large wall. And so beyond that wall is a railway line. Yep. And then beyond that? Is bushland and um, on the other side of that bushland is the suburb of Metford. If you got out of the car here and you jumped that fence and you went over the railway line into the bushland, could you get to your house from here? Not from here. Okay. So this is where it's a bit confusing. This is the address that was given to police that he got out of the vehicle. Um, When we were doing early searches, we were told he got out of the car um, a lot further down. Okay. And that sort of leads towards where the quarry area is, where we've done searches. There's so many different stories from there. I don't know what's true and what's not true. And Have you been able to have a chat to the police or to those two people to ask questions around what actually happened and to get more of an idea? In the beginning... Um, I never thought I would be sitting here right now. Like, it's nearly three years that he's gone. I had... I wasn't afraid that he was not coming home. I just thought... was concerned about what's happened. And, um, you know, my biggest concern was that he was probably hurt somewhere. So um, 
I was just questioning things like, you know, when did he get out of the car and how did he get out of the car and how did he run, did he walk? And I guess I did prompt a lot of questions. Um, In the beginning, they were happy to answer those questions, but as any parent, you're going to keep asking. So there came a point where they didn't want to answer any questions anymore. So, But I believe they're fully cooperating with police. So. Those closest to Zach want him to know he's not being forgotten. He means everything to me. Let someone know you're out there. Let us know you're safe. Come Monday, the, one of the girls that was out looking for Zach, she sent me a message... She was just saying, like, oh, I haven't, haven't really heard or seen from Zach. And then just in my gut, just everything dropped out. Like, you know, about to start bursting in tears. I didn't even know why. Then I just called mum. I was like, mum, you got a reporting missing. You know what I mean? Cody just started screaming. And, um, yeah, it was like, mum, get to the police station now. Get there now. And I'm like, calm down, Cody. What's wrong? Like, what do you know that I don't know? And he's like, Mum, I don't know anything. I've just got this really bad feeling. I can't, I, I can't understand. But he was screaming. Even then, he was like, no, it can't be, it can't be. Well, the first thing that when somebody goes missing is, um, you know, the police can only give you four options. And the first one is that he has he ran away. So they look into, you know, was he happy at home? Um, you know, did he have a reason to run away? and those sorts of things. Um, I ruled that out pretty quickly. I work, my husband works. His brothers and sisters all went to school. He has access to the house. So if he was to run away, why didn't he come home on that Monday when we were all out and collect his his wallet, his um, toothbrush, a change of clothes, um, you know, he has no key card, no access, no, no identification at all. Why didn't he come and get those things? So he went out that weekend without any m- money or anything? Well, he had money, but he had cash. So um, he went to work on the Friday. After work, he went to the friend's house that he spent the weekend with. And, yeah, he had money to socialise and have a good time with. So there was no need for him to come home and get his wallet because he wasn't going to the club or or places like that. He just was hanging out there. Option two is misadventure. Did something happen to him, you know, on his way home? Did he have an accident or um, things like that? So we did many, many searches in the early days because if he had hurt himself on the way home, surely we would have found him. Like, we've found no evidence of him whatsoever so there's no shirt no shoes no torn belongings no not a sign so he's not hurt himself there by accident so that to me that ruled out sort of misadventure um this area is an old quarry Uh uh-huh the railway lines before. Yep. So I imagined for him to get home, if he got out anywhere along this road, yep. he would take this route. This is an area that we could search. 
Well, when they talk about things like misadventure, I imagined in my mind that he could have been running along here um, and either slipped and fallen into the quarry or, you know, um, fell down a ledge or this is why we were looking out here. I've spent many nights and afternoons just sitting out here thinking and looking and contemplating. Has the police searched this area? Um, they have, but to what degree I'm not 100% sure on. It's a bit of a pathway to the railway. Yep. Couldn't run and slip and fall down there and, you know, end up in the water. We're at the top of a, a dirt mound and in front of us is what looks like a massive dam, but it's an old quarry that's obviously been filled with water um, over a period of time, and it looks to be deep. Um, this was like this three years ago? Yep. Do people swim in this no, quarry? No, it's quite deep, and there's a lot of debris and stuff under the bottom of the water. Has the quarry ever been dredged? It's never been dredged. Um, they did have divers here. Um, I think they searched the top of the water sonically. Uh -huh. um, but nothing was found. As we come down from the top of the dirt mound, we walk down a small overgrown path towards the train line. While we try to navigate the bumpy and unpredictable track, we realise Karen knows this bushland really well. I haven't been here for about a year, so it feels quite eerie being back here now. I've sat many nights on that mound of dirt just wandering. Back then there was actually a break in the fence here so you could easily cross to the other side on the, along the train tracks. So I envisioned that if you crossed the tracks and just kept going that direction, mm -hmm. um, in about 10 or 15 minutes you're in Metford and you can cross that um, bushland to get home. So it's, it's very logical he would have tried to go home that way, but was he doing it of his own free will or was somebody, you know, was somebody behind him or...? Had he ever gone through this bushland before, do you know? Yeah, it's a regular stop. All the boys used to... They've got friends sort of in thought that this is the route that they would take. We've searched all of that bush, um, yeah, completely turned it... That's um, substantial bushland, though, that one, yep, isn't it? Yep. And how long does that go for? 10 to 15 minutes? Yep. And that bush goes right to the other side, to the highway. So this is where we thought if misadventure was involved, you know, was he running? You know, if he, say he was experimenting with drugs and wasn't quite thinking straight, you know, did he get disorientated and forget where he was and fall or trip? So that's why we were sort of looking looking down that track um, or that line of thinking. Karen, do you know if there's CCTV around this area? Not here, there's not. There is at the railway station and he never went to the railway station. So the other two options we've got is suicide and foul play. I think about that a lot. Zach didn't struggle mental health issues. Um, you know, he wasn't backward and forward in telling me if he had concerns. If he had taken his life, it wouldn't be something that I would be embarrassed about. It would be 
It's a decision he made. Um, it was his own choice. But again, he, he left a vehicle. He had no access to transport. Like, he didn't have a car to drive away. Like, you hear stories where people drive to a national park and, or they drive to a motel or, you know, they go somewhere private, but they know they'll be found. Like, he had no access to that. So how is it suicide? I, I can't fathom that. Karen wondered whether Zach was experimenting with drugs. 18-year-olds like to push boundaries, to try new things, to experiment. Does she think drugs played a role in that weekend? That's a hard thing to say. I mean, there's a lot of drugs in the community. I guess with the young ones, it's more, um, you know, they, they smoke marijuana. Um, festivals are quite big. So um, things like pills and things, they might pop. I mean, ice is in the area as well. So, you know, we're not ignorant to know that that's, that's out there. Zach was certainly very social. He was a typical 18-year-old that was experimental. So to say, did he not try drugs? Um, of course he did. I'm not naive enough to think that he wouldn't have. But if he did, it was on a very social level. It wasn't a a drug addiction. So, you know, I would firmly state that I do not believe he had a drug habit. The final theory is foul play. Mm. Um, I have thought about this over and over and over. Like, Zach's the first thing I think of in the morning when I wake up and he's the last thing I think of at night. So, I and I think of all of those instances, like... For him to disappear without a trace, how does that happen? You know, is there's got to be more involved and um, I think it, it seriously needs to be looked at. I'm probably aware of every single missing person that's out there. I'm aware of their journey. I'm aware when they get found. I'm aware when they don't get found. I'm aware of bodies being found. So... Why do some get found? Like, when Zach went missing, there probably would have been about 10 other people that went missing around about the same sort of three-month period. So majority of the people when Zach went missing were found. And tragically, some of them had lost their lives and others had just turned up. So... Why didn't we find, if Zach had taken his life, why didn't we find him too? That's a question I ask myself. So um, I have to question what other um, things could have happened. So how could we have no information, you know? Is it someone covering up something that happened because there's no trace? So I guess is that foul play? What do you believe happened? Oh, I'd love to know. Just speculate on a hundred million things, really, couldn't you? Yeah. Well, I'm sure. Hopefully nothing bad, eh? I believe that um, somebody has um, hurt Zach. And um, as much as I want to believe he's out there and I want to believe he's He's going to turn up and this nightmare is going to go away. Uh, reality is now three years on. 
without one sighting, without one confident like sign of life out there, I have to come to the hard fact that he's not coming home. So I just I just want to find what happened and you know Zach's somewhere and um, we deserve to know what happened to him that day. In the next episode. Twice a year we lose it as a family. May is when Zach's birthday is. And November's when he went missing. So we just sort of recover from one and then we get smashed. The kids, the youth, like there was hundreds of them there. To see them hugging each other and and crying about Zach, it didn't impact us, only it impacted the community. What happened to Zach? If you have information that could help police, call Crime Stoppers on 1800 333 000. A Missing Persons Podcast Network production. Produced by Mark Hales. Sound design by Tiffany Dimack. Hosted by Jay Walkerton.